You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it's hour two on this Meet Friday. We're off to a raging start here in today's contest. Today's home assignment for you is the great band, great artist who had a terrible song. We already put in our entries, and uh, we'll have those for you coming up. You can play the take-home version of this game as well. Email, tweet, dial us up, all the above. We have a poll question from the first hour, and let's see if we're going to stay with that second-hour seat. Yeah, right now we have uh, who is the best duo in basketball. Steph and Clay running away with it, 53% of the vote, followed by KD and Kyrie. Well, I would say likability helps here with Clay and Steph. Kyrie's polarizing. And KD a little bit, I guess, with people. But watching KD last night in transition, hit and pull up jumpers when he wants to, you know, a a handle as a seven-footer. You know, it's one thing to have, and Embiid has a pretty good handle, really good footwork. But when you're in transition and you're a seven-footer and you got a handle like that, and he broke down Tobias Harris there in the first quarter, I went, that is not nice. Not nice at all. Don't miss the Emmy-nominated late-night series, The Amber Ruffin Show. New episodes of this great Peacock original drop every Friday. To get started, go to PeacockTV.com. Download the app. You can also watch this program there. We say good morning to Fox Sports Radio lineup, iHeartRadio, and our great radio affiliates around the country. Phone calls coming up. Jamal Crawford, NBA TV, will join us a little bit. We'll talk about what we saw with the Nets and the Sixers last night. More questions about the 76ers than maybe you probably had prior to last night because it felt like we were going to see the next reincarnation of Kobe and Shaq. Not so fast, my friends. How about we let it play out a little bit? They had played two games, and all of a sudden it's like, I think those guys could be the next Shaq and Kobe. And I went, are you kidding me? So eight years of work, including winning three championships, and you're going to include Harden, who's done nothing in the playoffs? And Embiid? I mean, stop. I know that we got to have a hot take. you got to have somebody notice you. Hey, hey, did you hear what I said? I said they're the next Shaq and Kobe. Um, as long as you stay with that, then I'm fine. And if you're going to stay with it, stay with it this morning or whenever your show is. Go ahead. That's the new Shaq and Kobe. Good luck with that. Can they still win a championship? Absolutely. But they'll win a championship or they'll lose a championship, in my opinion, because of James Harden. He's either going to be lights out or in other ways he'll be lights out. Because we've seen this before. Wonderful regular season player. Not a clutch postseason player. Ben Simmons coming back with the Nets. I don't know how much he can contribute to them. But they do have three three players. Kyrie is an issue, obviously. Not able to play home games. But Seth Curry is a downright assassin. I mean, he's a great shooter. If you get Ben Simmons there for the playoffs, that softens the blow of not having Kyrie there. But when Kyrie and KD are playing at their optimum level, I don't think there's a duo in basketball right now better than them. When they're playing at, you know, at a consistent level. Because... Anthony Davis, I can't trust. And LeBron is starting to show his age, even though he has turned in a great season. Steph and Clay, Clay is not back 100% yet. I don't know if there's any other duos there in basketball. Remember, it used to be you had to have three star players, it felt like. 
But, you know, you don't have that in the NBA right now. Yeah, Marv. And Durant and Kyrie have both hit huge shots in the finals. Yeah. So I'm going to take them. Yeah. That's what I want to know. What can you do? Can you win a championship? You can be great during the regular season. There are a lot of guys who are great regular season players. Game on the line. Got to win. Remember, remember Giannis, we weren't quite sure he was a regular season player. Then all of a sudden, he, he went off in the finals last year. So that we moved on from that topic. That's all it takes. You get there, you win, then we move on from the topic. You know, Matthew Stafford, Clayton Kershaw. Once you do it, then we move on. But if you don't do it, it's like, yeah, you can't produce in the postseason. All right. Yeah, can't be an all-time great. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. A little bit later on this hour, we will bring you, in about 40 minutes from now, the, we will bring you bad song from a great artist or great band. We have, uh, we have turned in our assignments. Two of us have the same pick. And I don't know what anybody else picked. I can pretty much guarantee that nobody picked Todd's song. And probably didn't pick Marvin's song. So it would be between Seton, Paulie, and myself picking the same bad song by a great artist. Okay. I was just thinking there of maybe who it could be. I think I think Paulie and I might be on the same page hmm. here. Yes, Seton. There's a lot of crossover, I think, between the playlist of Todd Fritz and Marvin. More than you think. Mm. It's that might be. Yeah, a but Marvin's goal. not stuck in the eighties. <laughs> Nah, well, Stevie Wonder, yeah, Michael Jackson, Mike my Jackson, song, Brandy Houston. Oh, like all my stuff has been pretty much. You know what? I think me and Fritzy, like we have kind of the same musical taste. I think we do. We're in the same category. Okay. He loves Whitney Houston. I hate. I want to dance with somebody. Okay. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I like Tenderness by General Public. Paulie likes that's, that. That's my wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the playoffs start a month from Wednesday. Just want to put that in the back of your mind here. Uh, nice trade by the Chargers. They got Khalil Mack. As once again, everybody in the AFC West is doing some things, except for the Raiders right now. Uh, it's been a wild week in the NFL. Big names like Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz changed teams yesterday. Another blockbuster as the Chargers sent that sixth and uh, second round pick to Chicago for Khalil Mack. Six-time Pro Bowler, former Defensive Player of the Year. Now, he's not the sack artist that he was at the beginning of his career, but you say, all right, 31 years of age. Uh, you're going to play against Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr uh, twice each uh, a, a year, and then you're going to need guys who are going to go after these quarterbacks. They already have Joey Bosa, so you create maybe some mismatches for uh, Khalil Mack. But uh, AFC West... AFC West is a lot of fun so far. Let's see if the Raiders do anything to sort of uh, keep pace there. Baseball's back. Yay! It wasn't gone, but it's back. And uh, opening day used to be around April 7th, but now this year it's going to be April 7th as they pushed it back a little bit to accommodate 162 games. Universal DH is involved in this. More playoff teams involved in this. And baseball's ready to go. Yes, Todd? Should we or do you personally accept Rob Manfred's apology when he made the little speech yesterday and we got through it and thanks for sticking with us and we apologize to the fans that they, this drug out for the last three months? 
Well, we didn't miss any games, but I don't care about a commissioner when he talks about it's for the fans. It's always for the fans. Well, you know who cleans up after the elephants? The fans do. That's what that's what happens. You know, these commissioners, they always make it seem like they you know, this impassioned speech and we care about you. Do you really? I don't think so. But look, if you choose to believe that, great, you know? But I don't. I just listen. They're businessmen. You know, they're paid to get up there and lie. You tried your 99 days. And really, what what was separating the two sides here? And really, you know, you have to look at this and say, Scott Boris, the agent, uh, is running baseball, or at least trying to run baseball here. And I don't think Scott Boris cares about the fans. Rob Manfred, who I do like, I just don't, you know, I, sometimes I look at these commissioners and they're like, okay, what am I supposed to say? Because you're, you're representing the owners when you get up there. And I don't, I try not to pick sides. I've covered lockouts. Um, I've covered strikes. I've covered this in all different sports. And it's easy to get caught up in, you know, the owners make all this money. And the players, you know, they, they want their share of this. They should have their share of this. Wait, they're getting too much. Because we don't know how an owner lives. I don't see what he's driving. But if Max Scherzer shows up in a Porsche, then all of a sudden I'm going, oh, man, he's got more money than he needs. Well, when an owner shows up in his G5, nobody says, oh, he's got way too much money here. It doesn't happen, you know? So it's easy to pick sides and say, oh, well, we'd play baseball for nothing. Well, you might, you did, but you wouldn't if you were in Major League Baseball playing 162 games. But it feels like there's the haves and the have-nots. You got these guys making $300 million in their, you know, their contracts. And then you got other guys who getting the minimum in there. And, and you got that great divide there. And that's where Scott Boris, it feels like, uses his leverage with his star players because they didn't want to agree to this contract, reportedly. The big-ticket items, they didn't want to agree to this. So, you know, I don't want to hear when somebody cares about the fan. Whether you're a player or an owner, I don't care. Just get out there. Just go out and play. That's all. All right? But the fact that they they put in jeopardy not playing on the anniversary, 75th anniversary, of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. Oh, my God. They would have been dead then. That sport would have been dead if they did not get on the field by April 15th dead. And we had Mad Dog Russo on yesterday, Todd trying to uh, parrot Mad Dog. It. Thank you. Well done. Okay. A little Joe Pesci-ish. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Hey, it's a Joe Pesci show. I'm Joe Pesci. Hey. <laughs> you were at that game, Daddy? With the sky, baby Skyhook, you were at that game? Okay. It's a good job out of you there. Right. Thank you. Uh, Paulie uh, has a uh, place for Saquon Barkley, which it's a non sequitur, but Paulie wants me to talk about. Saquon Barkley is going where, Paul? Well, not where he's going. Where I was thinking about Khalil Mack got picked up for a pretty low price. I think they gave a second-round pick for Khalil Mack. That's a nice pickup. The team that should trade for Saquon Barkley is the Buffalo Bills. Is the Baltimore Ravens. They've had trouble at the running back's position. The last thing they need is another injured running back. But they need a running back. They have two third-round picks and five fourth-round picks in this draft. 
They've gotten different compensations for losing. But their coach. why do I want Saquon Barkley when I can get a draft pick and and get a running back? Do both. That's a team that maybe you can give up a couple fourth round picks and pick them up. And but don't they have Dobbins? Don't they have running backs who got hurt? So why do I want to get another hurt running back to come in here? Four hurt running backs equal one <laughs> healthy running back. You put them all together. That's right. Yeah, each get a quarter. I was thinking Buffalo with Saquon Barkley, but I don't know. Uh, Buffalo's got a couple extra draft picks here and there. Yeah, I don't know what it costs you anymore. You know, if you're gonna. What was he, the second pick overall? Yeah. Ouch, 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 ouch. Yeah, that one's rough. All right, uh, some phone calls in here. Uh, Jimmy in Virginia. Hi, Jimmy, what's on your mind? Hi, Dan, how you doing? Great, great, sir. Yeah. Is a running around a Dewey track at dawn. Um, I was uh, thinking about the song for the show, and everybody wants to rule the world. My thought would be a good choice for your all show. Okay, uh, Tears for Fears, I think. Does that sound about right? That 80s? Yeah, good call. Probably 85, Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears. I think they're uh, coming back on tour. They just released a new album, and uh, it actually went in the charts, if there's charts. Anymore. Yeah, I think uh, Tears for Fears. Yeah, see. And those two fellas, if you look at pretty much every picture they've ever been taken, yeah. and they're in together, yeah. they're looking opposite directions. Hmm. Every, single, every single picture, one's looking this way, the other one's looking that way for the last 20 years. Hmm. Trouble, trouble in the ranks with tears for fears? Question mark? Uh, question mark. Yes, Todd. But if they would just shout and let it all out and get it all out of the way, then <laughs> okay. they could be buddies again. I don't all know why right. they have to look in separate all right. All right. These are the... Right. Come on! Who are you talking to? Talking to you, so come, come on. on! Back to you in the studio. By the way... You had, to, you had to take me for a few seconds. I, I do appreciate that. You're like, let me get it out of my system because I'm crazy and I'm off my meds. And then you would go back to your regularly scheduled program. Let's talk more about Saquon Barkley maybe going to the ring. Yeah, think of the Cardinals, Dan. Yeah, okay. Yeah. By the way, it's a meat Friday. In case you're wondering, smoky meatball subs today. Grilled brisket, wrapped asparagus. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. Nobody. Let's go. Uh, Doug in North Carolina. Then we'll take a break. Uh, one of our favorites, Jamal Crawford, NBA TV, will join us. I got all excited. I thought I was one of your favorites when you were where you were going. You with are, that. Doug. You are. <laughs> I'm going to call my shot, Dan. This will be the call of the week. The call of the week. I'm pointing to the fences. Okay. I didn't know until the other day who Russell Wilson was married to. I think this is a perfect poll question, but I'd love to get the Danette's comments on this. My question is, who is the most attractive quarterback slash celebrity couple? Is it the Wilsons, the Bradys, or Aaron Rodgers and any of the famous women he's dated? Hmm. I think I got to put Brady Emeritus. I mean, he, I can't put him in this conversation. I mean, his wife is world famous. And Brady's easy on the ice, too. Um, yeah, that Brady and, and Giselle, I would think, would be a runaway there. All right, uh, let's see. More phone calls coming up. And then we will give you, in about a half hour, a little less than that, we'll give you our uh, worst song by one of our favorite bands and or artists. That'll be uh, coming up. 16 after the hour, back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. I told you this story. It's worth telling you again, but... This is how I go after our advertisers, uh, clients. They become partners. And Link Soul was a clothing company that I, my, uh, one of my good friends I play golf with, he wears Link Soul all the time. And then I found out that John Ashworth, the guy who changed golf fashion forever, he built this brand and he built it with his nephew. 
And uh, I reached out and I said, hey, I'd be curious if these guys would want to sponsor the show. And they said, yes. I went to Oceanside, California, because I was going to Mexico with my wife. We flew into San Diego, drove about 45 minutes up, had dinner with uh, John and his wife. And I just said, can I see what you're making? Went to, you know, his lab and then he had a store there. I said, this is perfect for us. Link Soul. We're really fans, big fans of it. The Danettes are all dialed in. Marvin's got Link Soul on today. So do I. Fashionable. Looks great. Go to linksoul.com and let me know what you think. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This award-nominated program, we don't win awards. We get nominated. Brought to you by the Compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight, size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready-for-anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Oh, we always love having Jamal Crawford on. Turner Sports NBA analyst, three-time winner of the NBA Sixth Man of the Year. Great scorer. And uh, Jamal back on the program. Jamal, how are you? How's the jumper? I'm great. It's still there. It's still really, really in motion. So it's Could you there. play right? You're, what are you, 42 in a week? Yes, 42 in a week. Could you play right now? Absolutely, for sure. Why are um, you not playing? That's the million-dollar question, Dan. It's, that's been something that's kind of drove me crazy for a while. It's, it's amazing when I see guys have high-scoring games, 40 or 50, and people are like, hey, that's the next star. I told you he was going to be a star. And I'm like, that's true. But I got 50 and really couldn't even get a job the next year. And that's kind of baffling for me as well. How old were you when you scored 50? 39. I was 39 years old. But I did do it off the bench. So I stressed some juice there. <laughs> but you had to embrace that. And I guess it's hard for today's player to say, I'm, I'm not good enough to be in the starting lineup. But it's not true because you were – but. How, how did that help your career coming off the bench as the sixth man? Well, I think it, it put people uh, on notice because I was known as a good player as a bad, on bad teams. Uh, when I was scoring a lot, we weren't winning a lot. And I said, you know what? I'll do anything. And as fate would have it, I got traded to the Atlanta Hawks, and they already had their starting five in place. They had been to the playoffs. So I said, you know, I'll come off the bench, no problem. And it sounded easier than when I actually had to do it. But then when I had to do it, I was like, oh, I can do this. And I think it extended my career. Uh, I think people viewed me in a different light. And I thought you would need a player like that to, to be a championship caliber team, looking at guys like Jason Terry and Manu Ginobili. I saw where Kyle Korver is working with Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. If you were working with Ben Simmons, what would you work on? Uh, I work on the mental part of it first. Uh, I would get him in a relaxed place as far as having fun. It's not life or death. I would get him in that pace. Whenever he had the most fun, whether it was a kid or child, and you know, when he was coming up in high school, try to put him in that state as much as possible to kind of free everything else. But I wonder about you get into the fourth quarter and you could almost see him looking at the clock like it, we're going into the fourth quarter. I don't want to be taking shots consciously, subconsciously. How do, you, how do you remove that from somebody who has that much talent of you want the ball in your hands in the fourth quarter? I would possibly trick, trick him that it's the first quarter. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> DeAndre Jordan, right? He Free throws, he, he would get a little nervous late in games. And I've never said this before, but I would go up and sing to him. 
you know, I would sing a song to get him to smile and relax before he shot free throws. And in the fourth quarter, I, I bet you his free throw percentage was a lot higher than it was the first three quarters. <laughs> Paulie, check that. What song did you sing to DeAndre Jordan? Biggie, biggie, biggie. <laughs> and he starts singing it with me, and then he starts smiling. He asked me about it. Then he starts smiling, and then he relaxes and starts making free throws. Oh. You know, I, was, I, I start to think about this with the offense that's played now. Now we want to christen uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden as the new Shaq and Kobe. Um, mm. How do you – you played against Shaq and Kobe. How do yeah. you feel about that when after, what, five games we want to yeah, say right. they're, they're the new Kobe and Shaq? Yeah, that's the, the, the area we're in now. But, no, nah, there's only one Shaq and Kobe. That's the most dynamic duel I would say ever, potentially as strong as they both were. Um, they won championships, so, you know, they were able to, to earn the right of Shaq being Shaq and Kobe, right? Like you said, five games is rather soon. I think they're both <laughs> Hall of Fame talents. I think they're both very, very skilled and very, very good, quite honestly. But we're a little early on that, that proclamation. Okay, what happens to Harden? Because he's a wonderful player, fascinating player, but, man, he can giveth and taketh away, Jamal. And certainly in the playoffs, what happens to Harden? Well, I think uh, with James, especially his gift is how intelligent he is a basketball player, but also his other gift is how free he plays. He plays really free. He's, he's at peace with his game. He's never rushing. He's never, you know, he's dictating everything that's going on in the playoffs. It tightens up and then they allow you to be more physical. You know, one of James gifts is being able to be a foul magnet, right? But he gets fouls in the regular season. He doesn't necessarily get in the playoffs. And sometimes that's an adjustment for him as well. Yeah, it's just that when if I was look okay, best duo in basketball right now is who? Kevin Durant, Kyrie. Irving. Okay, yeah, I agree. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like they have mismatches most nights, and they both perform the best on the biggest stages, on the brightest stages. Just like last night's game, that was a game within the game for them. They wanted to send a message, and they knew the whole country was watching. They knew Ben Simmons. Like, come on out, Ben. You can come out and they can boo you, but we got your back. Don't worry about this. We got it. God, when I watch Durant in transition, Jamal, uh, seven-footer, and then he, he crosses over Tobias Harris. And Have you ever seen anybody block Durant's shot, like jumper? No, I have not. And the thing about Kevin, he's one of the rare superstars in history who doesn't disrupt your offense. Watching him play is like watching the water come out of a faucet. He can play the catch-and-shoot game. He can play the pick-and-roll game. He can play the – isolation game you can play the post game and he always makes the right play and that's what also makes him so hard to guard because he's not like oh he's just going to score he's going to shoot every time it's like no i'll score you double team i'll make the correct pass and people love playing with players like that paulie do you have deandre jordan's free throw numbers first quarter fourth quarter i kind of have something that could help jamal crawford's case okay. before jamal crawford joined the clippers uh, deandre jordan was shooting 38 percent from the free throw line the next year, he went to 43%, 44%, 48% with Jamal Crawford on the team. In fourth quarter, I guarantee you <laughs> So you, you played against peak Kobe, peak LeBron, late Jordan? Yes, Wizards Jordan. Okay. And I, how different was Jordan as the Wizards Jordan and, and the Bulls? Well, obviously, uh, a little bit older. But he was still dominant. People forget his first year with the Wizards before he had the knee injury. Him and Kobe were the only two guys in the whole league that were averaging like 25, 5, and 5. And Jordan was 39 years old. So he was still unbelievably good. I had a chance to train with him coming into that season. Uh, but obviously a little bit older. He had to pick his spots a lot more to save his injury, energy. Kobe was like 
nothing I had ever played against because I didn't see Wizards. I didn't see Bulls Jordan. So Kobe was just the talent, the skill level, the artistry, the mentality. He can go 0 for 8 and hit the game winner with like it was nothing. 0 for 8, man, he was closer to getting hot. He wasn't thinking like he had an off night. <laughs> right? and, and then LeBron is just – he's a freak of nature. You've never seen a player that athletic with that kind of IQ. His basketball intelligence, he's a chess master. He's always moving pieces, always moving across the board, always thinking the game. I would say he's almost like a bigger version of CP when it comes to how they think the game. They, they're chess masters. Okay, I'll give you – MJ, Kobe, LeBron in their prime as a teammate. Mm. As a teammate? Yeah. Um, I didn't play with any one of them. But if you ask me how I viewed them from as a peer. Which would one say, would you want as a teammate? I would say Michael. Okay. Just because I, I feel like he's, he's one of one. Michael is so great that when somebody else is great in another field, we say that's the Michael Jordan of that. I would want to be a part of that, and the Bulls are my favorite team growing up. Yeah, but I would want LeBron if I'm a shooter like you are because Mike and Kobe, they're going to cut into your shots there, Jamal. Yeah, it didn't say I'll play on my whole career, but I want to go through that <laughs> phenomenon. I want to see what that's like. I'm a young player coming in. Don't forget, I came in as a point guard, so I'll be fine with him. <laughs> We're talking to Jamal Crawford, Turner Sports NBA analyst, three-time winner of the NBA Sixth Man of the Year. Were you in the Gatorade commercial with Jordan that – you, I was. You played the – how old were you? You played the younger Jordan, the Bulls version of Jordan, and he's with the Wizards? Absolutely. I was 22, I believe, and I was the younger version. And I'm like, okay, what's the lines? He's like, no lines. Let's just talk. Let's play one-on-one. I'm like, there's no lines? Like, so I start reaching for the ball. He's like, you reach, I teach. Right? And he's, <laughs> he's kind of – I'm going off of his flow. I'm like, okay, am I playing? I'm trying to play like me. I'm trying to play like Just play. And the director that day, his name is Joe. I forget his last name. He directed Space Chair. He's like, go up and dunk and do that. And, and MJ was like, JC doesn't do all that dunking. All right. Get, and then they had Kevin Daly uh, from the Harlem Globetrotters who was doing the actual dunking. So I did the one-on-one stuff on the court, talking to him, <laughs> playing one-on-one and that stuff. And it was really, really a dream come true. I didn't know then it would be such an iconic commercial. But, you know, you go home, you tell your boys, like, hey, what'd you do today? Um, I, I was Michael Jordan versus Michael Jordan. Nah, Dan, it was the other way. As soon as I got the car, I said, I'm going to be in the commercial Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> and you got Gatorade, right? And I got Gatorade. And I actually got a check from Gatorade. For, I couldn't believe that. I was like, I get paid to be in a commercial with, with Michael Jordan? This is, this is crazy. Is there hope for the Lakers? Their best hope, their best hope, Dan, is that they make the playoffs. I actually think they could – be a better playoff team than they were a regular season team. And I believe with the veterans they have, the game slows down dramatically and the Lakers kind of need that. They don't, they don't really enjoy doing extra effort things or getting out in transition or running back too much. So I think they're actually built more for the playoffs. I'm just not sure they get there. Would you make Russell Westbrook sixth man? No, I would not do that. I would actually stagger his minutes a lot more like most great teams do, right? Or when they have two great players that kind of on the perimeter, I would stagger his minutes a lot more. So he would probably come out at the eight-minute mark, let LeBron play the whole first quarter. Then I bring back Russ the second quarter with the second unit. You know, so that's a way of kind of staggering their minutes where he gets comfortable being more the focal point because Westbrook is kind of – this is low-hanging fruit. The Lakers' issues are a lot deeper than Westbrook when I watched him play. But I would stagger his minutes to kind of put him more in that alpha dog role when he's out there with the second unit. What are some of the issues that are deeper rooted than Russ? 
Like I said, extra effort. I feel like when they're winning, they have a lot more energy. Things are different when they're not winning. It's like a boxer. You're going to get hit in a boxing match. If you get hit, you know, you got to fight back. And when I see them get hit, they don't necessarily always fight back. And, and that's kind of the problem. AD's not there. They have some deeper issues. What's the coolest thing in your office? Mm, my wife got me my first ever shoes over. Oh, no, you can't see them right now, but my rookie shoes. I hadn't seen them since I was a rookie. So she found those. And then I would say the Kobe shoes, he actually signed for me. And then the Jordan picture right there over my shoulder. That's probably those three, top three. Okay. But if you have to get out of the house and you take one thing, what are you taking? I'm taking Kobe shoes that he signed for me because I can never get those again. What did he, uh, what did he write on there? And I was looking forward to that too, Dan. I was like, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? He said, Jamal, great competing against you all these years. Yeah. Much, res- much respect. And that for him, that was so big because he thrived on competition. We had some great battles. So. Do you think Kobe could be underrated because he's sort of in between LeBron and Mike? Yes, without a doubt. And I think, I think he's a top five basketball player of all time. I, I feel like you could have dropped him at any era in his peak and he would have been a top five basketball player all the time. His, like I said, his, his skill level was out of this world. Dan, he had a shot where he was shooting left hand. Like he was shooting – even Mark Cuban had a stand-up. Like that was just unbelievable, right? I mean, <laughs> he, he had 62 and three quarters in the match at 61. They said, Kobe, you want to get 80? He said, no, I'll do it later. He did it you know, a month <laughs> later. Like he was out of this world good. He's the best, like, player I ever played against and matched up against. So, yeah, he, he's underrated for sure, and I, I hope – more guys who played against him. I thought are, that he could have. I thought he could have scored a hundred in a game because he had the mentality mm-hmm. to do that. And I mean, he got eighty-one, but yeah, he wasn't far off. <laughs> yeah, because he would have gotten eighty. I we had Dirk Nowitzki on earlier in the week, and and he said, you know, Kobe out you know, outscored us, and then didn't play in the fourth quarter. So he put up 62 and didn't play in the fourth quarter. He said it easily could have gotten 80, 85, in my opinion. Dan, has anybody ever done that? And then to actually go get 80 after that, like his mentality, his skill level, his work ethic. Mama mentality is, is a way of life. It's not just on the court. It's how you live. It's maximizing every second to what you do, what your craft is, and how you go about your craft. So it's inspiring uh, Kobe had a whole different aura about him. There could be a room full of stars. He would walk in, and even the stars would be like, that's cold. You know, he's, he had a different a different deal with him. Although when Michael showed up at this 75th anniversary team. Oh, did you? I tweeted about Did you see that? That was okay. Kobe had a different swag about him. Jordan's was the same level, but he had a glow when he walked in as well. It was like, is there smoke around that guy? What is, what's, everything freezes. What's going on with him? Absolutely. That was when the crowd goes crazy and it's Cleveland. So this is LeBron's town. Mike comes in and all of a sudden, uh, LeBron who? It's, it's amazing. My 11-year-old son, JJ, we watched it. And he said, look how, look how MJ walks in. He said, I said, how do you walk in? He said, he walked in like a boss. Like he just walked <laughs> in like he, like he owned the joint, right? And I'm like, if my 11-year-old son picked up on that, I know the players there did as well. It, it, can JJ shoot? Oh, yeah, he can shoot it. He can really shoot it. He can play. He loves the game. I actually coach him. And uh, this is my first year doing that. I'm, I'm having a ball with it. So, yeah, he can play. I know you, uh, you live in Seattle. It's, when's Seattle getting the NBA team here, Jamal? You, you see my shirt, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a little innuendo here. We, we're putting this out here. I, I like it. I believe, I believe in the next five years. I believe the hockey team had to uh, come first, and now we got that. Everybody sees our fan base. You see the Storm, the Seahawks, the Mariners, uh, now the Kraken. 
we have an unbelievable fan base. People love coming to the city. We're built for it and, and we'll support it well. So I think within the next five years, I said that 10 years ago, but now, <laughs> I, actually, now I actually believe it. I believe it's five years. Downtown Freddie Brown, Jack Sigma. Yes, Lenny Wilkins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Williams. Len, yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. That I, I love the atmosphere. You know, because I'll go back to when George Carl was there, and oh, and, and they were great. they were in the finals against Mike, and I thought Sean Kemp was the best player on the floor, Jamal, in the NBA Finals against the Bulls. It was like holy smokes, that's a he whole was, different guy. Yeah, he was out of this world good. You had Gary Little Hampert, and he came and played well towards the end. Uh, MJ was MJ, of course, but Sean Kemp was the one people talked about. Like, you know what? This guy came out of nowhere. I mean, the dunk when he went over Rodman, and he had some great <laughs> moments. And, and Sean is a great, him and his wife, Marvina, are great in the community. Uh, even now to this day, they do a lot, of, a lot of things that we collaborate on. Great to talk to you again, as always. And uh, as if, well. if, so if the Clippers, the Lakers, and Golden State called right now. Oh, I'll be ready. 10-day no, no contract, you could go. No doubt about it. I'll be ready. And I'll get some buckets. Oh, I know that. Did you ever do points per minute in your career? Like how many points did you score per minute in your career? Um, I, I've never done that. That's a good one. I know one year, the year my first year in L.A., I think uh, per 48, I was at like 30. I was pretty high my first year. That's the year I, Steph and I both thought we were making an all-star game. We, we talked about it. And we both were wrong because Dave at least snuck in there and took it. Ooh. But it, yeah, that first year when I was with the, the Clippers. But I've never done that. Is Steph a better shooter than you? He is. He absolutely is. He, he, he can get hot. He's better than anybody that's ever shot the ball. And, and the way he's changed the game. Is anybody I mean, better than... Okay, so Steph is uh, at, at his own level. On planet. Okay, is there anybody else who's a better shooter than you, in your opinion? No, there's a lot of guys, actually. Ray Allen, uh, okay. Reggie Miller, those guys were, were knockdown shooters. Even Kevin Durant, he doesn't get the credit he deserves just as a pure shooter. Kyrie as well. There's some great shooters out there, but I, I would say I'm in the top ten right. somewhere. That's not bad. That's yeah. not bad. Uh, great to catch up with you again, as always. Jamal, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That's Jamal Crawford, Turner Sports NBA analyst and three-time winner of the NBA Sixth Man of the Year Award. He could get you buckets. All right. You didn't ask for it, but we're giving it to you. A great artist or band, but an awful song by that artist or band. We'll give you ours, and we'll let you have your say as well. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live wherever Get your podcast from. Scott Van Pelt will join us coming up next hour. By the way, make sure you sign up for the DP Show newsletter. We have 40,000 diehard listeners who have signed up and 
We just send you a recap of the show, all the highlights there and all the specials that we have. Uh, you're going to be in the bracket challenge coming up next week. You'll sign up on the newsletter, but uh, also the 1215 podcast coming up later on today. The backroom guys as well. You didn't ask for it, but we're going to give it to you anyway. And that is worst song by a great band or great artist. And uh, all week long, we've had the saddest song, the happiest song, the song that you absolutely hate, no matter who it is. And now we've reached this point in the week. Todd, I'm going to start with you. Bad song, great band, and or artist. Okay, the album bearing this musician's name came out in August of 1993, and they may have had a, a concert tour with the name of this song, which I particularly do not like. Okay. It's Billy Joel. Billy Joel. I go walking in my sleep. From the mountains of fame. To the river so deep. I must be looking for something. I don't think you're going to get any argument of anybody in the room. Think of all his great songs and then that happens. All right. Yeah, it's kind of like Billy Joel wrote a song for a Disney cartoon movie, but mm. that movie never existed. Mm. Okay. That was his frozen moment there? That was kind of his frozen <laughs> moment, but they just forgot to make the movie that that was supposed to go with. Yeah, Paul. He stopped writing music one year too late. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> he cho- I saw, I've heard interviews with him. He doesn't write anything new since, like the I think, the mid-90s. He doesn't need to. Yeah. All right, Seton. Uh, this band is arguably the greatest band of all time, and this song does not do anything to add to their catalog. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Little Oblada, Oblada, Beatles at 96 Rock. 12 before the hour. <laughs> this is Seton's Choice. Great band, bad song, The Beatles on WTUE. Got those tickets coming up. Right? <laughs> it's a long lead in for The Beatles. Wait, is this the instrumental? It's starting to feel like this is actually just the instrumental. <laughs> Marvin! Oh. Dude. <laughs> Marvin! <laughs> okay. So, ob- Oblada, Oblada. Life goes on. Yeah, yeah, it would have been more helpful. Paulie? Quickly, the, I heard an interview with Paul McCartney. He said they were all in Jamaica, I think it was, and their driver kept telling them stories about different places. And he would say, like, he goes, and, and that place is this and this. He goes, Obladi, Oblada, and the guy got shot. He finished all his stories with Obladi, Oblada, and he wrote a song off that phrase. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that's true or not. All right, Marvin. Worst song, best artist, your favorite artist or favorite band? Love this guy. Hate this. Hate this song. All right. Every night she walks right in my dreams Since I met her from the start I'm so proud I am the only one who is special in her heart. Yeah. The girl is mine. All right, girl's mine. Little Mike Jackson there. All right. The dog girl All right. Paulie? I had the same song as one of the three previous songs that were named. Wow. I'm going to go Billy Joel. Do you and Fritzy on the same page? Nope. You did Obla D, Obla Da? Obla D, Obla Da. Sounds like a carnival ride song in hell. Okay. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, we can't play it again because we don't have the lyrics. Yeah. 
We don't have the one with the lyrics. I have a backup song just in case this happened. All right. The great artist David Bowie, at the peak of his uh, famousness with Ziggy Stardust and all that, re-released a song that he could have buried forever. One of his early songs that was terrible. It's called The Laughing Gnome. He released it. It hit six on the charts because he could have released him reading the phone book in 73. Mm. and It's called The Laughing Gnome by David Bowie. Yeah. Rolling Stone has that as... Oh. This sounds like a cartoon. I was walking down the high street when I heard footsteps behind me. Okay, that's that's the, that sounds like a Broadway song. And he, and he re-released it? Yeah, it, it was buried in his past before he was famous. He re-released it because he was making some cash. Uh, the worst song by a great artist... And it's not even close. This one absolutely, positively drives me crazy. Todd, you know, you want to guess the artist? I'm going to say something Led Zeppelin related. Led Zeppelin, all right. Zeppelin never had a bad song. Wow. Seton? That's because they only stole all the good ones. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's not necessary. That's not necessary at all. A song that drives you absolutely crazy. That's not Bon Jovi. Yeah. Great artist, bad song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, something by the Who, perhaps? By the Who. No, they didn't have a bad song. Mm. Marvin? It's cheating, because I already know. Oh, that's right, you do. Uh, Paulie? I'm pretty sure it's Bruce Springsteen, and it's either Glory Days or Hungry Heart. I'm okay with Glory Days, except when he says, could throw the speedball by you. You've been bothered for that by that by about two yes, decades now. Yes, and if Bruce came on, I would say, why not just say fastball? Nobody says speedball. The only speedball we think of is John Belushi overdosing. And that's not a positive thing. No. It is Bruce, and it is this song. <laughs> yeah, an upbeat song. You're leaving your wife and kids. Got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack. Woo! I went out for a ride, and I never went back. this to me and if you've ever been to a concert and people are just dancing and it's just it's an upbeat song i mean i understand why he might be upbeat he's leaving his wife and uh you know single again yes he it's interesting like his like vocal tone there is way different than most other songs that he sings if you listen to that it's not the speedball buy it thing he's like way up in a much higher register that seems different for him. Yes, Paul. In the review, when it came out by Billboard magazine, a magnificently styled mid-tempo love song. Oh, my God. Love song. How's that a love <laughs> song? He's leaving his wife and kids. He's loving other people. Well, for the woman that he loves. Yes, Tom. I guess. When I have a hungry heart, I get like a giant sub. I don't leave my family <laughs> behind in Baltimore. What are you doing? Leave your family behind? <laughs> oh, final hour in this Meet Friday coming up. Got a meatball sub for Fritzy and his hungry heart coming up. And Scott Van Pelt. One more item. We close out hour two. It's M Drive. And you can have that energy in your voice that I have right now. Well, I don't, maybe. 
But you start your day with M-Drive Star, daily dose of protein, nutrition, and it helps me stay on top of my day. I got a smoothie here, fruit smoothie in the morning, throw in a little scoop of M-Drive Start, and I'm good to go. Boost energy, strength, reduces stress that Fritzy brings to me, and I can stay on top of my game. Yes, Todd. What? I do give you a little stress. Thank you, Todd. MDriveDan.com, delivered right to your door. They offer free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Nothing to lose. Give it a scoop there. You can have your new New Year's resolution. It's time to focus on your health so you can stay up with those busy days. Try M-Drive Start for the energy, strength, and drive you need to get more done every single day. It's simple. Scoop a day, your new New Year's resolution. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. Make sure you refine your prime with M-Drive.